Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, you are about to go to Las Vegas. So we're potting and then we're sending you out west. Yes, I'm going to be leaving for the airport around five something and uh, celebrating a big anniversary. Going to see Adele tomorrow night if all goes well with the flights and everything. That's been kind of crazy lately. Uh, and then going to see two Cirque shows. As most of our pod listeners know by now, I have uh, a daughter who's in that line of work and uh, she's an air, an acrobat and um, a just a, a circus performer. Uh, she's not in a Vegas show right now, but she will be touring uh, with a company out of Quebec City. Uh, she'll be touring in Europe and also in the United States over the next 18 months. So um, so going to go catch a couple of shows, The Beatles and The Mad Apple Circus, which I hear is phenomenal. Uh, I would recommend any of these Cirque shows to anyone. And of course, really super excited, super excited to see Adele. Just cannot wait uh, to see Adele. I know some someone who's gone, actually, Peter John Baptiste of the Browns has gone, and he just said it's just phenomenal. So really, really excited to uh, wrap up some work and go have some fun. All right. So before you get to go to Vegas, you got to talk about the Browns defensive line. That's uh, that's how this works. Um, we're going to continue our 23 questions here. We're going to we're going to talk about two separate players, both who are acquired by the Browns uh, at different times this offseason. First, Zadarius Smith, and then we'll get into Obo Okoronkwo a little bit uh, as we knock out a couple questions. So the first question is actually one that Ashley's going to be writing about uh, in the near future. And it is, will Zadarius Smith have double digit sacks and make the Pro Bowl. So obviously, Mary Kay Zadarius Smith comes here. Uh, a very hype signing. I know Browns fans are, or trade, I should say. Browns fans are very excited to see him paired with Miles Garrett. Uh, he had double-digit sacks last year. He got to 10, but of course, yeah, as we've discussed, tailed off last year with the injury. Um, and then in 2020 and 2019, had uh, 25, 26 combined sacks uh, those two seasons as well. So we know he's capable of getting double digit sacks. Can he get back there this year? You know, I really think he can. I think he landed in the right spot to do just that. Uh, I, I do think that he will play outside and he will play inside on this defensive line. And as we know, Jim Schwartz's defensive lines always end up with guys getting their sacks, guys getting their double digit sacks in many, many cases. So he will, uh, he will know the assignment and the assignment is to go forward in a hurry. And what the Browns really loved about Zadarius Smith and the major reason why they traded for him was for his ability to rush from the inside. That was the key. You would have thought maybe when they first traded for him uh, from the Minnesota Vikings that he would be, you know, just opposite miles all the time. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think that uh, just as often as he'll be outside, he'll be inside next to Dalvin Tomlinson or someone else. And when you can get that inside pressure, that is so key. Quarterbacks hate it. Uh, you know, they they hate that pressure coming up the middle. It forces them out of the pocket uh, and it, it gets them on the move. And of course, when you're doing that and you have Miles and Oboe on the outside, you know, that that's a, a risky proposition for a quarterback. So this should work out beautifully. And I really do think that Zadarius is going to get his double digit sacks and possibly make that Pro Bowl again. So going back to last season uh, in Minnesota, Zadarius had nine and a half sacks 
in the first nine games of the season and then just half a sack uh, that came in week uh, 15 against Indianapolis, just half a sack in pretty much what was the second half of the season. He was dealing with that injury. Uh, Minnesota didn't get a lot back for him in, in this trade. Um, but we, we've seen Andrew Barry do this before, right, with Amari Cooper. He did this when a team is looking to unload guys, sell off guys. Sometimes you can find value there. Do you think, I mean, is there any concern that that fall off last season was more than just injury related? Or is it fair to just say, look, he was hurt, he's back, he's healthy, he can be the old Zadarius again? Well, I think in addition to the injury, I think he started drawing more attention down the stretch. Uh, He was on pace for defensive player of the year honors, the sack title, and all these great things. He was tied for the NFL lead in sacks with eight and a half after I think it was seven games. So, you know, teams really started to key in on him as well as him suffering from a knee injury. So those two things combined led to this major drop-off. When he's playing with Miles Garrett and Oboe and Delvin Tomlinson, I don't think he's going to be able to be the guy that you give all that extra attention to. I think there will be times where he's singled up. I think there will be times where he's got this great favorable matchup. So um, so I think it, it lends itself. He says he's 100% healthy now. So everything sort of lends itself to him returning to that Pro Bowl form, that double-digit sack form. If he comes in here and it doesn't happen whatsoever, then, man, he just fell off a cliff. And, you know, the signs aren't there that that just happens for no reason whatsoever. Uh, Again, in his last three healthy seasons, he's averaged those 12 sacks. Again, most of those from last year came in the first half of the season. Uh, But the Browns are counting. They are not worried at all that this drop-off, this tail-off in the second half of last year informs what he's going to do here. He turns 31 in September, so it's not like he's... This isn't like a 35-year-old guy. On, on, I mean, he should still have good years left. And when you when you consider that first half of the year last year, how good he was, you've got to think that he can continue that and um, you know still be an effective pass rusher. I just... I just I don't know. I don't think this is a case of like, oh, he's done. I, I think he's I think he's still got plenty left in the tank for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about him playing inside. The Browns went out and signed Dalvin Tomlinson. They drafted Siaki Ika. They have a couple veterans and Mo Hurst and Tristan Hill, some returning guys, Jordan Elliott, Perry and Winfrey, uh, Tommy Togi is still around and, and some other roster filler uh, as well. Is how much do you think he's going to play inside? I mean, what do you think that split is going to look like? You know, it's hard to say what it will ultimately look like, but if you judge just from from minicamp alone, he was inside a fair amount. Now, you didn't have everybody practicing all the time. Miles wasn't uh, in on every play and and certain things like that. Uh, but I think he's going to be in there a fair amount. Uh, in addition to the fact that. When, they're, when they have four down linemen, he'll be inside at times. They are also going to have five down linemen at times, too. So he will have opportunities to move around, play on both sides, play inside, um, and, and he can do it really well. So I think that uh, the opportunity to get the rush from the inside is very key in this defense. I think it's one of the reasons why they liked Siaki Ika as well, uh, because he can get that interior push, and they really want that. Uh, so I think you're going to see it. I do. I don't think it's one of these things where we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Like, will 
Kareem and Nick be used in the backfield together and then they never are. I, I don't think it's one of those kinds of things, Dan. I think that you will see uh, Zadarius inside a fair amount. We needed something. We needed like, a, you know, since we don't get the Kareem and Nick thing anymore, we need a Zadarius. We, we need some other topic to talk about and, and ask about during training camp. And, and so this is going to be a good one. But I do like I've, I've actually been a little more conscious recently of just like when I talk about the interior of the line. You know, I, I put up a post today about, you know, that was about Jordan Elliott. And I was talking about the guys they've added. I've tried to kind of make sure like I include Zadarius Smith in that because... I think, I, I mean, you said it during the spring, he was in there a lot in minicamp. Mm-hmm. When we looked out there and saw that starting lineup, we saw a lot of Zadarius Smith. So there's a chance they could go out there week one, the very first defensive snap, and it could be Miles uh, and Oboe on the ends and Zadarius Smith on the inside with Dalvin. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at some of the dominant defensive tackles or some of the dominant defenses, uh, you know, of course, the best example is an Aaron Donald. But if you can get that kind of disruption from the interior of your defensive line, I mean, that's just dynamite. And that's what they're going for, you know, and I think it's something that Jim Schwartz really features in his defenses. I mean, when you look back to his defenses over the years, those guys really make a name for themselves. You know, you've heard of some of his, uh, you know, his excellent defensive tackles because they are jumping off the page and the screen when they're out there uh, and they have an opportunity to do these cool things. They are not dump trucks. They are Ferraris, right? So, um, so I think Z is going to be uh, a Ferrari. I think he's going to be rejuvenated in this defense. Uh, you know, he's got the money that he wanted. He's got $11.75 million guaranteed this year. So he's, he's feeling good about the money situation. And in addition to what he's making this year and being happy about that, it's also a contract year for him again. So it's a chance for him to show, Hey, I deserve another big payday. So I think he's going to be playing very, very motivated, very rejuvenated, very refreshed. And I think he'll wreak a lot of havoc from the inside. Yeah, you read my mind there. When you started talking about the money, the first thing that popped in my head is like on top of everything else, it is a contract year for him now when they when they redid that deal after the trade. And for, again, for a guy that turns 31 in September, the you know, this is kind of it. Like he's got a chance to maybe get, if he has a good year, maybe he can get another two or three year deal somewhere. And that this is sort of your, your last chance to really kind of cash in on all that talent. Yeah. And you know what? The Browns would love it if that were here. If things go the way they want it to go, they will not be looking for another Z in the off season. It will work out where they can re-sign him again. And um, you know, and, and that would be in a perfect world where he, he knows the system, he thrives and flourishes in the system. He develops a relationship with Miles, which I think is going to be important, but I already see it happening. I already see Miles embracing the Z experience, and I think he's going to be good for Miles. I've said this a number of times before. Uh, I see Z having the impact on Miles that Kareem in some ways had on Nick Chubb, bringing out that sort of, you know, playful side of him, that, you know, that lighter side, make him laugh a little bit, be a little bit more boisterous. And it just gels with Miles's goal for 2023, or one of his goals is to have some fun. You know, he's been through a lot in his career already. Last year was a very, very serious and harrowing experience for, for him to flip that Porsche and survive that accident. This year, he wants to put that behind him and enjoy the year 
hopefully for him on the way uh, to a Super Bowl and maybe even an NFL Defensive Player of the Year honor. Okay, quick break, and then we are going to talk about Obo Okoronkwo. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast and lobby with Mary Kay Cabot going through our 23 questions. So now another question on our list. We switch to another edge rusher, and that is Obo Okoronko, who, of course, Mary Kay, sort of the opposite of Zadarius Smith last year, um, had a really big second half. Now, now, that was really because obviously there was no injury involved, but that was because he didn't get a chance to start in the NFL until last year. Uh, that had that time with the Rams, didn't start there, uh, then ends up going to Houston, bet on himself a little bit, kind of going closer to his home, going back to his hometown. Um, and he had a big year, and that's sort of what the Browns are betting on here. Uh, ends up with five sacks last year, uh, 44 tackles, had eight starts. A lot of that damage came in that second half of the season. And so the re- really the only question with Oboe isn't, you know, it's not can he do it? Is he talented? We've seen that. We saw that last year in Houston. It's can he build on those eight starts and turn that into 17 games and then, you know, beyond of real pass rush production? Yeah, you know what? You're right. It was the tale of two seasons for those guys, right? Uh, so Z starts off really super hot and then Oboe down in Houston finishes hot. If both of those guys can put together a full season of that, they're going to be dynamite. And I think they can do it because that's what a Jim Schwartz defensive line is all about. It's letting the dogs eat, letting them shine, getting them their sacks, wreaking havoc on that quarterback. And as you mentioned, Oboe, he finally had a chance to start uh, in and be who he always felt that he was in those final seven, six, seven, eight games or whatever. And those five sacks came in his last six games. The Browns seized a hold of that tape and that moment. And they said, look what we have here. I mean, this is an untapped resource. Let's bring him in here in Jim Schwartz's defense, throw him you know, on the outside as a down lineman and let it rip. And so that's basically the plan for Oboe. And he's so excited about it. He's over the moon. You've already talked to him about this one-on-one, Dan, and you had a really cool interview with him. I think he's going to be a really, really good guy. I think there's a lot of energy now in that defensive line room. There's a lot of really good culture and energy coming into the room. And Oboe is a big reason for that. He He's he's a cool guy to follow on social media. I, I read all of his tweets. He's He's sort of deep, philosophical. Um, I don't know. He just seems like somebody that, you know, sometimes we'll do a draft. We should do this draft. The draft of who we would want to just sit at the bar with and have a beer with, right? We need to do that draft. Um, and, And Oboe would be high on the list, don't you think, Dan? I think so. He's a really high energy guy. Um, just like you, you can tell, you can see it. He's pretty easygoing, but he's also very high energy and just kind of goes with the flow. He seemed really excited about the Zadarius trade. I mean, you know, part of it is what is he going to say, right? But he, he seemed like he was excited about the Zadarius trade. They actually called him to tell him about the trade. He didn't find out about it on social media or anything. He was back in Houston, like moving. And somebody from the Browns actually called him and said, Hey, we're making this trade. So, so that was good. You know, that's a good reflection on the organization there, but um, he was a late bloomer. He's always been a late bloomer throughout his football career. He was a skateboarder for a while uh, before they, they found him in the hallways of his high school and signed him up for football. So 
Um, this is nothing new. He was a late bloomer in college, and and so far he's been a late bloomer in the NFL. But if that second half is real, and the Browns found something, I, I mean, this is I, I throw this around. I'm sure Paul D. Podesta loves it when people use this this word. Uh, it's this is like a Moneyball move. This is finding an undervalued asset who checks some boxes, not just with the sack total, but I know people out there cite like his win rate and and some of the things you know, some of the more advanced stats when, when it comes to edge rushing um, that he excelled in last year, it, it's finding that undervalued asset that checks those boxes and, and seeing if you can get a $20 million a year edge rusher for what, what did they pay him? 6 million a year, 8 million mm-hmm. a year. Yep. And, you know, they have uncovered some of their edge rushers under stones and rocks. I mean, they just seem to, you know, even like with a tack, you know, Tackris McKinley, you know, they went out and got him and, uh, you know, they got five sacks out of him. I, I believe that one year, um, you know, they, they found Jadavian when a lot of other people, you know, were not ready to sign Jadavian at that time, they got nine sacks out of him. So, uh, you know, I think this is one of those moves where, you know, they're looking in unlikely spots, unlikely places, and you find a guy that is is just being overlooked by others. And the guys that come in here uh, and are told uh, that they're that the Browns believe in them and that they see this potential in them. That's so good for their careers because that's all they need. They need somebody to say, we think you can do this. And that's what the Browns do for some of these unheralded guys. So as you mentioned, skateboarder, I mean, it's a room full of very eclectic personalities, right? There are poets, musicians, skateboarders in that room. We should take the whole defensive line out for a beer. Maybe we can do that when we're at the Greenbrier. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Miles, though, would just have to sit and drink water with us because, um, <laughs> yep. you know, that's OK. It'd still be uh, it'd still be interesting. Maybe he'd read us some of his poetry or something. But, yeah, it is a, a very, a very interesting defensive line room. And so we talked about where Zedarius could line up. But one thing about Oboe that I noticed in the in the spring and not quite as much as Zedarius was inside, but I did notice it. Oboe was doing a little stand up linebacker, too. And when you see him, he kind of looks like a linebacker. He's not built like Miles and Zadarius. He's built like, you know, he's a faster, more mobile guy. He's not real big um, as far as edge rushers go. So this is a guy that can maybe play a little stand-up. You know, if they want to change their look up, go with the three-man front and have Oboe stand up as like an outside linebacker, they, they could do some some different things with him. And they will. And that is the beauty of Jim Schwartz's defense. Everybody is versatile. And as you mentioned, Oboe can play on the outside. He can probably play on the inside of the defensive line. And he can for sure play linebacker. And who knows, maybe he could play any of the linebacker spots. And, you know, that'll come in handy because they have a surplus of defensive linemen. What they don't necessarily have right now uh, are a bunch of extra linebackers hanging around because some of them are coming off of injuries. So who knows, maybe in the early going of the season, you will see him playing some linebacker. But it gives Jim Schwartz an opportunity to do some really cool things with with that front. You know, he can go he can go five, two, he can go four, three, he can go three, four. There's so many different things that he can do with his defensive front and he can move those guys all around. And, um, and I think you will see that. And he's experienced enough, of course, as a defensive coordinator uh, to move those chess pieces around and, and do some very, very creative things and create some mismatches and confuse uh, the offense. 
the thing is that you have to make sure you're not confusing yourself. Um, you know, in, in the early going, again, as we keep saying, they're playing four, three AFC North games in the first four. So you want to have your basics down. You want to do what you do well. But once they have their mojo down, there are so many different things that you can do with these guys. How much of this comes down to sort of, <laughs> I want to word this the right way, like what Miles wants. Because, you know, obviously it was an issue last year with Jadavion when, when Miles would, would get the easier matchup. But at the same time, I've always felt like Miles is just more comfortable lining up at that right end position and, and rushing, even if it's a, against a good left tackle. Um, it just has always felt like that's where he's the most comfortable. Because there have been years where he's certainly had the freedom to say, I want to line up here, or I want to line up inside or, or whatever. But most of his work comes from that right end. How much of that versatility is going to depend on kind of what Miles wants to do? I think it will to to a large extent in the same way that Kevin Stefanski is looking at the offense and saying, hey, Deshaun, what do you want to do? What do you like? What do you feel comfortable with? I think Jim Schwartz knows that the key to the defensive line is Miles doing what he does best and being happy with his role. And as you mentioned, Dan, that that has been sort of his staple. But you know what? Miles is ready to have some fun. Maybe he does want to be creative and do some different things and rush from the inside and move over to the left and do all these different things. So I, you know, I think it's an opportunity for Miles to expand his horizons a little bit and enjoy the game of football in a way that may, maybe he hasn't enjoyed it as much in the past because he was always carrying two or three guys on him. I mean, now if you can free him up, and I think they should be able to do that this year, uh, it gives him a chance to shine in ways he hasn't before. The other thing uh, that I think is important to note, and we don't know how this is going to go yet, but if they keep rotating as many as eight guys in there on the defensive line to keep everyone fresh, does this mean that Miles is going to play fewer than the, like, 80% of the snaps that he usually plays. And if he does, does that mean he's fresher to get sacks in the fourth quarter and in week 16, 17, and 18? I think it could work out like that. Okay, there we go. A couple more of our 23 questions. We've got to let Mary Kay go here so that she can uh, make it to Vegas. And listen, I say, I say this as someone who regularly wakes up on Saturday mornings with hours to spare before a trip and has like still has to do like laundry. So Mary Kay, I'm sure you haven't even packed yet at, at this point, right? Oh no, I have not packed yet. I mean, I'm <laughs> staring at a bunch of things that I've thrown over here on the dining room table. I've got things in the, in the laundry. I still have to do a batch of Hey MKs that I'm going to post <laughs> before I leave today. And then of course I'm going to be writing some of these 23 questions on the plane because I couldn't get them done before I left. I, I had high hopes. Um, but any, anyway, so Yes, I'll be doing things the way that they always that I always do them, which is in a very haphazard and disorganized way. But it gets done. Yeah, there's there's nothing better than just throwing stuff into a bag right before you leave and just hoping you didn't forget something. Uh, it's it's the only way to travel, if if we're being honest. Uh, all right, so we're gonna have uh, again, we're gonna keep the podcast rolling next week. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be running things. We'll have Doug on probably a couple times. I might even call up our buddy Lance Reisland and see if he wants to jump on uh, for for a podcast next week, and then. We we're going to have a week of drafts. We're going to continue our 23 questions. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. We've already recorded some of the, some of those. So what I'm telling you is you want to get subscribed on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, if you're not already, so that you don't miss a single pod uh, leading up to the Browns trip to the Greenbrier and the start of training camp. Also become a football insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info uh, and get signed up on that. Mary Kay, enjoy your trip. Thanks a lot, Dan. See you next week.